This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And folks, for the last time, uh, our time with her has been short, but it has been so wonderful. Crystal Beth is here with us. Crystal, thank you again for joining us for another episode. I'm so sad. It's my last day. Oh, it's so sad. But uh, coming up soon, people will be able to hear you uh, just every day. You and John, uh, your boyfriend over there on uh, Fifth Element. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, I can't wait. It's it's yeah, going to be, be so, so awesome. Um, but I want to talk to you real quick about something that I know is a huge part of your life and you have a huge passion for. Uh, we're getting a new Star Wars movie today. Uh, Rogue One oh. comes out today as a, the time that this recording is released. Are you looking forward to it? Yes. I really can't wait. I Every single Star Wars movie that comes out, I get more excited for it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great and the original mm-hmm. – trilogy is a place in my heart that nothing else will have i say it all the time any podcast i'm on where i talk about star wars give me more star wars i can't wait to see ad at on the beach yeah they're gonna be on the beach (laughs) i cannot wait and there's people fighting them on feet like foot soldiers with cannons Oh, God, I don't so even good. care about the story. Just give me all the ships in different places. Like in uh, The Force Awakens when the X-Wings are going over the water. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I cried. I cried in the trailer when I saw that. It's so great. Very cool. Uh, very, very you cool. know, Rogue One oh. looks to me like – I'm not sure if you guys ever saw this where you were growing up, but when I was very young because I'm an old man, they had the Sears catalog that would come out around uh, Christmas time. and. Uh-huh would make up little dioramas of all the stuff going on in a Star Wars movie. So they'd take the AT-AT and they'd put it there and they'd have rebel soldiers like fighting it and stuff like that. And it just would uh, blow your mind with all the stuff you would be able to do with the new products that were coming out, the new toys. And this movie looks like the movie version of one of those Sears catalog uh, layouts. Yes. Like it's, it's just the, the war in the Star Wars that we've been waiting so long to actually see. So I really um, can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait uh, either. I, I'm a little worried about this one with just some of the discussions that have been going around the production of the movie. It sounds like they ran into a lot of trouble, but, uh, you know, it's even at its worst, I still don't think it could be as bad as Star Wars has been in the past. So I think that um, I, it, it's, I, I'm really got my fingers crossed that this is going to be a good one. So we're looking yeah. forward to well, it. What they have now are everyone that's making these movies and are in these movies are all fans that grew up with it so there's a passion to them that's not in the prequels and anyone's listened to me talk about star wars i'm not a prequel hater i do not mind the prequels because they gave me more star wars and i remember how excited i was when they came out i can complain about them until i'm blue in the face and i will just i'll complain i can do it but jewel of fates came from phantom menace we got to see a jewel lightsaber from darth maul like that stuff Oh, just I love Star Wars. As of right now, I think uh, I'm in Pittsburgh. So Brady, I'm driving back. So let's go see it tomorrow if that's cool. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll wait. I, yeah, no, you won't. You've already seen it three times by now, probably. So. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys ready to get into minute number forty-four of Jurassic Park? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, Ray told Hammond that a list of park problems were piling up. As the minute ended, Nidri and Hammond got into an argument about Nidri's job performance. At 44 minutes, Hammond tells Nidri that he wouldn't get drawn into another financial debate with him. Nidri tells Hammond that it would be hardly a debate at all. 
At 44 minutes and 7 seconds, Hammond tells Nidri that he doesn't blame people for their mistakes, but he does ask that they pay for them. As Nidri complains, the camera moves in on Muldoon, who is still sitting silently watching the computer monitors. Muldoon tells everyone to be quiet, because they are approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. At 44 minutes and 34 seconds, we cut to a shot of the tour vehicles approaching a massive electric gate. The vehicles roll up and stop and the guests look out of the windows for the T-Rex. Alan Grant moves inside the vehicle to get a better look, and thus ends minute 44 of Jurassic Park. Okay, so in this scene, we get to see a little bit more of the confrontations between uh, Nidri and Ray and uh, a little bit of Muldoon's character here as well. Since like he's just silently sitting at what's going on, kind of how he is in most of the scenes. Like, he's got a real intense look around him. Brady, what's this actor's name again? That's Bob Peck. Bob, Bob Peck, Peck, who uh, unfortunately passed away a few years after this. But um, he had a really cool uh, career. And Ian McKellen, the, you know, one of the most renowned actors of all time probably says that everything he learned about acting, he learned from Bob Peck. Yeah, wow. Bob Peck. That's not a compliment. I don't know what is, but... Um, I- I've heard he developed some sort of acting training where you actually take a scene and then work it backwards. So you're yeah. kind of like developing like what f- your character is going through in a reverse order so you better understand how they got to that point. So I think uh, Ethan McKinley, who hosts the Two Minute Terminator podcast and has been on Ghostbusters Minute, well, I'm sure we'll have him on Jurassic Park Minute at some point, uh, actually studied that form of acting. Uh, and it, uh, I hope I'm representing that right. If not, I'm sure Ethan will correct us on that when he's on the show. But uh, Bob Peck, uh, definitely out there, uh, you know, like forging some new ground as far as like working with other actors and methodology and stuff like that. And here, awesome. you know, he's really just stewing in the background the whole time until he just bursts out with quiet, all of you, they're approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. And he sells the intensity of the uh, you know danger of the situation just with that one line, with his brooding finger on the face watching the whole time. So, um, Crystal, what are your thoughts on, uh, on on this minute that we have here? I love it. I mean, I guess I could say that about just every <laughs> second, every minute I get of this, but I love that you get uh, quiet, all of you. They're about to head to the Venezuelan paddock. <laughs> Can, I, can you just dub this entire movie? I want to have that, your impression of Muldoon, your voice <laughs> over all of this footage. Oh, my gosh. I That and Clever Girl. I can't. Yeah. I use Clever Girl all the time. If someone says something that, uh, if I, I'm having a problem and someone figures out the problem, I'll always say it. will be like, Clever Girl. Because it's, he's so, shoot Like, yeah. everything is so... Good. I was really glad to get one of his lines. Yeah. Quiet. And he's so serious. And it's just the gravity of how he's saying it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's because you think his statement's done, and then it's they're approaching the terrain. Quiet. And his face comes out yeah. of his hand a little bit, and he's <laughs> looking out, and he—you can see how serious he is the whole time. The entire time, everyone's talking. He's looking at the screen and the camera just yeah. pans over to him and you don't know if he's going to say something and his it's, head it's, comes it's up and he turns a little uh it's a real shame There's, that they um, chose to kill the character in this movie because as we know in the book Muldoon actually lives and it would have been really cool to see him in yeah. the lost world they kind of have a stand in uh with him yeah. uh, in in the lost world with the hunter character in that movie mm-hmm. but um of all the deaths in this movie that I guess I could have done without, it's probably him. But, you know, I guess it was to serve a purpose, too. Yeah. That he's that the master the hunter. Expert. Yeah, and yeah, even, even as an expert, expert. And he's able to, to get one up by the Velociraptor there. Uh, and, they uh, could have Boba Fetted him. 
They could have done that. There you go. They yeah. Been like, yeah. It cuts from the raptor jumping on top of him, but we never see. This is the one time where we never see his death. We see like a little bit of blood, but we don't know. They could have brought him back. You know, and he has just like half like, his face missing and one arm yeah. missing. And he's like just ready to kick some dinosaur ass. He has, he has a grudge uh, now. Yeah, it deepens the character. There was yeah. a spinoff comic series where they go back to the island and Muldoon apparently survived, and now he's like living with the raptors and stuff. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's As a kid, I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, he survived. I've got some notes on uh, that. I've, I've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, but the um, really interesting lighting choices that they use where they'll have light sources pointed directly into the camera. And whenever Nidri is squeezing his little like stress dummy thing, and he says, thanks, Dad. There's a light, like a lamp or something, that's just pointed right into the camera, and it's so cool. It's such a cool effect. And then whenever we push in on Muldoon saying that line, he's got this catch light in the like irises of his eyes that was, you know, it's very deliberate. That just adds to the gravity of what he's saying. Not the yeah. gravity, but just the um, the effect. And uh, you you see that so 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 often in this movie. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about something real quick that we kind of touched on when we were going over prepping for these minutes. We had a little bit of the discussion about the John Williams score. Um, it's largely not present in this minute, and going forward, we hear it a little bit, but one of the great things about Steven Spielberg as a filmmaker, and this was around the time, I think, that he was kind of coming out of his uh, you know, like pop icon. Steven Spielberg comes off of Hook in the same year makes Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, but his ability to understand the emotional aspect of a scene and how it's constructed by the filmmaking process. Uh, one of those things is when not to use a score. And this scene here, after, you know, we get the computer noises and the, you know, the Foley of, of you know, that's going on in the room, there's a little bit of chaos between Ray and Nidri, you know, quiet all of you that are approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. We have like almost no dialogue in the scene at all. It's just mm -hmm. the cars rolling through, the silence, the ambient noise of the, the crickets and stuff like that in the background. I think Spielberg is a master of setting up a scene with the, a, a lack of sound almost. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of pick yeah. y'all's brains real quick about that. Saving about Private Ryan. Do what? Saving Private Ryan? Saving Private Ryan, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. With, yeah. Uh, when he's at, at the very top at D-Day. The use of the shell shock aspect of, you know, there's no uh, score there. You know, he's like kind of the explosion yeah. happens and sound is slowly Quiet. coming back. So much passion. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of my favorite examples of him using that, using silence to really hit home a feeling and emotion that someone's going yeah. through. I think that this is one of the, this is something I really wanted to touch on today and kind of touch on in one of the previous minutes uh, this week. Silence is something that you just don't get in movies anymore. Movies don't just let you feel the scene, let the intensity grow, as it does in this sequence more than anywhere else in the movie, where there's just silence. And this movie is full of just still silence, lingering moments, mm -hmm. um, this being one of the bigger ones, where you don't get all this exposition. You know, uh, So Alien is such a still and silent movie where you are fed nothing. And Prometheus, mm -hmm. every second, every someone's walking and giving some sort of exposition and an explanation of everything, and there's music to help you, guide you on what to fill, and there's not this stillness. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, come on, man, can we get back to that, please? And I'm really hoping Alien Covenant will just give me, you know, 10 minutes of nothing, but just room people to are afraid for People are afraid of silence now. 
It's, yeah. uh, I think the last example of really good silence that I can always think of off the top of my head is in Battlestar Galactica. And that was still in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But when they're in space, it's quiet because yeah. there's no yeah. sound in space. Yeah, yeah. It's a vacuum. There's no sound at all. So anytime you know, you there's no airwaves. Yeah, yeah. So you can't <laughs> you hear. The, the roar of an engine or gunfire or anything like that. But it, uh, it's, a, it's a scientific aspect, and it also sells the intensity of the kind of yeah. – Oblivion you know, that is space. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. heard that one of the reasons uh, studios really like hiring Steven Soderbergh is because he elects to have uh, silent mo- moments in his movies a lot. One, it's a big money saver because you don't have to worry about having a sound guy out there. You don't have to worry about all- taking the time to edit the sound. But it also just uh, creates a mood that you just don't get that often anymore. And for anybody who can't really put their finger on why they might not like um, movies for similar reasons that we're talking about today. I want you to go back and watch something like Jurassic Park and compare it to whatever a modern movie is that's, that's giving you that problem and and listen for this. You know, ironically, I'm saying listen for this silence that we're talking about mm-hmm. that movies just don't yeah. take the time to have anymore. It ups the, the stakes in this movie so much and you're completely unaware of it. And that's yeah, that was... I was in Alaska a couple years ago and I was visiting one of my friends who lives out there and we went canoeing on a lake And it was the first time that I've ever experienced silence in real life. Absolute silence. And it was, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt my ears because I was training them so hard to listen. And I was like, I need to, there was no bugs, no birds, no planes, no cars. We couldn't even hear us breathing. And the only thing we would hear is if the water hit the canoe in a certain way. And it was so flat that that wouldn't happen. And it gives you such a, specific strong feeling that when you have something like that in a movie mm-hmm. whatever emotions around that it just amplifies it a thousand percent yeah. and it's yeah they don't use it enough and it's unfortunate they get scared uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a deafening silence like you're talking about that like you experience in Alaska, and it's almost kind of feeds into the fact that like we're surrounded – I hate to sound like it's a cliche thing, but we're surrounded by technology, and we're surrounded by each other all the time. I mean, you know, Brady, where you and I are right now, if we walked outside, you know, we might get 10 seconds of silence and then 30 minutes of cars going by. You know? yeah. And it's just – it becomes background noise to you, but a constant reminder subconsciously that we live in uh, – around other humans all the time when yeah. you have people who live in maybe like indigenous tribes or something like that in, in an area where there is no there aren't cars or airplanes or anything going around all the time those people are kind of associated more with like having a stronger spiritual connection or a connection to the earth and when you're alone in an area without all of that surrounding noise you do start to feel a connection to the environment around you like crystal like yeah. you were saying like i'm sure at that moment it was a strange sensation because there's a, a almost a oneness with that stillness around you. You know, Spielberg is kind of, I think, feeding into that right now, but he's using it to create yeah. a sense of unease that, you and, know, there's something behind those trees out there watching you at this moment. Yeah. And the silence isn't, uh, you know, you, you're trying to create a serene environment. It's trying to amplify the intensity of at any moment, this gigantic dinosaur could come charging up to the fence. Here's something that actually, to, to your point, later we see when the Gallimimus are chasing the guy, you know, um, running through the T-Rex comes right out of the trees, which in this case, it's either like he's just completely not around anywhere to be found doing something else somewhere, or he is right there watching them, hunting them. Yeah. You know, like, okay. So, you know, we get all the silence when we're in this particular location. And the next time we're going to be in this location, the only thing you're going to be able to hear is the, the pattern of like the rain on the cars. 
T-Rex comes out and like does his roar or whatever. And then when he's sort of just looking around, Tim goes and closes the car. And then all of the silence that we had been experiencing in this one location, we are rewarded with his deafening roar. Yep. Deafening roar to the point that the kids grab their ears. And then later you see uh, Tim's ears are actually bleeding because of the, the impact of the sound. Yeah. So, yeah, neat stuff. You don't see it anymore or you don't hear it anymore. Yeah, but we, we also know now that the dinosaur, the big sound that we would have heard would have been more like, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> that's what would have happened. <laughs> oh, so disappointing to know about. You know, science and evolution just are constantly there to just disappoint me. There's no sound in space. Dinosaurs sound like giant chickens. What's next? It's yep. There you uh, are. Do you guys have anything else for this, for minute number 44, Jurassic Park here? I don't. No, I think I'm good. I think I am good as well. And Crystal, thank you so much. It's been such a joy. It's just as much fun as it was last time having you on Ghostbusters Minute. We're so happy uh, that you were able to join us. Thank you so much for giving us your time here uh, for these recordings. Thank you for having me. I could not wait to talk about it. I was like, I hope they didn't forget about me. I want to talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, we, yeah. we know it, it, it took us a while to get you on the show here, but it was worth the wait because, uh, as always, uh, you're, you're always uh, number one guest in our minds and number one in our hearts. So thank you so much oh, for joining us. But it. can you tell everybody where it is they can uh, find you and find out about more of your work? Sure. If you go to iTunes, you can look up Unlimited Lives Radio. That is my video game podcast. We also Twitch live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. at twitch.tv slash unlimitedlivesradio. You can follow me on Twitter at the Crystal Beth. You can go to thefifthelement.com. That website's going to be up and running on December 26th when we start our very own minute podcast about the fifth element. And I cannot stress how excited I am for it. It's going to be very great. awesome. Very awesome. December 26th for that. We definitely will be talking a lot about it here on the show because we're looking forward to listening to it as well. So thank you so much for, uh, for you and John putting that together. That's, um, definitely. That's, that's I want to awesome. say... Uh, also, that our other podcast that I hope people are, are listening to and enjoying, uh, we're getting some great feedback on it, is Goonies Minute, which Crystal is going to be a guest on in the coming weeks. So if you're enjoying yes. this, stay tuned to that because uh, she's going to be back and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, Goonies Minute taking off. It's very cool. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. Have a great weekend. Crystal, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Of course. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, until next time, have a great weekend. Enjoy Rogue One and hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Yeah.